Blog Talk Radio. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord, each and every one that is joining in with us this evening. I count it an honor and a blessing to have you with us this evening for the 1,305th episode of Purpose Kingdom Network. I am Pastor Toy Chappie Daly, your host for the next hour, and I would like to welcome you to a special edition of Study for Life. Amen. Now, with everything that is going on all around us, God has instructed me to reveal to you what to do when you find yourself living through some difficult times. Now, I'm not going to go through what what it is that is making life difficult right now. For some of us, we can turn on the news to see what difficult times I'm talking about. For some of us, just walk out your front door and you'll see what different difficult times that I'm talking about. And for some of us, just when the Lord blesses you to open your eyes in a brand new day, you see the difficult times I'm talking about. So we're not going to waste our time um, talking about what the difficult times are. But what we are going to talk about this evening is how to stand firm through those difficult times. So tonight, with the permission that has already been granted and the blessings that has already been bestowed from God, we are going to learn, again, how to stand firm in difficult times. Now, we are going to be coming from the book of 2 Timothy, chapter 3, verses 10 through 15. Again, we're coming from 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 10 through 15. And prayerfully, you already have your Bibles and something to write with and write on. So I would like you to do me a favor. Send out a text message or a, D, or a DM to your friends and family and let them know that we are broadcasting live now on www.blogtalkradio.com backslash Purpose Kingdom. And if they would like to listen, they can um, either go to that link or they can listen via the live stream on our social media pages. They can go to Facebook or LinkedIn. The page is Purpose Kingdom on both of those sites and just hit the link that's attached. Or you can hit the link that's attached on our Twitter page at Purpose underscore Kingdom. The last thing that you can do is you can feel free to call in at 319-527-6091. Again, 319-527-6091. However they choose to join us, however they're able to join us, let them know it's time to dive into God's word and study to show ourselves approved unto God, a workman that needs not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. So now this is how we're going to get started as we draw our minds in for this study for life. 
we're going to, before we go into our prayer, into our scripture reading, we are going to be blessed with a worship song. That's going to give you a few minutes for those that don't have their Bibles to grab them or to send out the text messages. Tonight's song of worship, we do not own the rights to it, yet we do have the right to allow it to usher us into God's presence. Tonight's song of worship is Here I Am to Worship by William McDowell. Here I am to worship. Here I am to bow. Here I am.
Hallelujah, God. Hallelujah. 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 How many of us out there are willing to say that tonight? My life is not my own. To you I belong. I give myself, I give myself to you. How many of us are willing to give ourselves over 100% wholeheartedly over to God? Hallelujah, God. This message tonight, I'm going to be honest, this message tonight is not a message that's really geared towards the unbeliever. I mean, we're going to give the call for that unbeliever that might be out there listening, that you can come into the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. But this message tonight is really for the believer, because the first thing we're going to learn is the way to stand firm in difficult times is you must be a believer. Hallelujah, God. Please join me at Second Timothy. Again, Second Timothy. We're going to be reading uh, chapter 3, and we're starting at the 10th verse. We'll actually be reading verses 10 through 15. Amen? 2 Timothy chapter 3, and we'll be reading verses 10 through 15. And it reads, But thou hast fully known my doctrine, manner of life, purpose, faith, long-suffering, charity, patience, persecution, afflictions, which came unto me at Antioch, at Iconum, and at Listeria. What persecutions I endured, but out of them all the Lord delivered me. Yes, and all that will live godly Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. But evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. But continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them, and that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make you wise unto salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. Amen, amen, amen. And may the Lord add a blessing to the reading and the hearing of his word. For we know his word is already blessed. So we ask that he'll bless it, that it may sink down within our souls for the edification of our souls and our spirits. Amen. Let us pray. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, God. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Father God, it is once more and again that we, your humble servants, come humbly yet boldly before the throne of glory. We come, Father God, with the praise in our hearts and on our lips. We come blessing and praising your holy name for you and you alone are worthy, for you and you alone are our God, you are still the one true and only living God. Hallelujah, Father. You are still the one who sits high on the throne of glory in the earth 
is your footstool. Hallelujah, Father. You are the one who loved your creation so much that you wrapped yourself up in flesh and came through the matrix of a woman into this realm of existence, lived and died for the sins and the remission of the world. So we say thank you, Father. You are the one who got up and bust hell, death, and the grave wide open three days and three nights later, offering eternal life to all who believe in and on you. So we say thank you, Father God. Hallelujah, God. Then, God, we ask that you will bless the word that will go forth this evening in the mighty name of Jesus, Father, that you will Pour forth your spirit, not just on me and in me, but through me, Father God, that you will saturate the airwaves in the name of Jesus, God, that you will bring joy to those dealing in sorrow in the name of Jesus, that you will offer healing to the sick this evening, Father, in the name of Jesus, that you will bring uh deliverance to those held under the chains of bondage, whichever their bondages may be, whether it is drugs, addiction, lustivity, whatever it is, we speak freedom for you told us in your word that he who the sun sets free is free indeed. Hallelujah, God. So we speak freedom over them this evening in the mighty name of Jesus, God. Father, we even speak healing over the president and first lady this evening. In the mighty name of Jesus, show yourselves to them, Father. Let them see your full glory in a new way, Father. In the name of Jesus, God. Lord, as I surrender myself to you this evening, to your will, to your way, Father, wholly and completely, I ask, God, that you will allow the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart, that it will be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer, that you will use your word this evening to hold the enemy at bay long enough that some lost soul will come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah, God. Thank you, Jesus. It's in the mighty saving name, delivering name, the healing name, the glorified name of Jesus that we pray. Amen, amen, and amen. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Again, we are in 2 Timothy chapter 3. We begun reading at the 10th verse. We're going to be dealing with the scriptures from verse 10 through 15, and our topic, in case you are just joining us, is how can we stand firm or standing firm in difficult times? Amen. Now, in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 1 through 9, Paul, because in this particular scripture we have the uh, apostle Paul is writing a letter to his servant Timothy, not that he is his servant because he is in bondage to him or he works for him, but they are both servants of the Lord Jesus Christ. And young Timothy has been learning under the tutelage of Paul. So he is writing a letter to Paul while he is somewhere, knowing uh, uh, Paul's history, in someone's prison cell, encouraging him in his walk and in the faith. 
So now in Second Timothy chapter 3, verses 1 through 9, Paul warns Timothy of the difficulties, or it can also be translated in some versions, of the terrible times that will happen throughout the history of the church. Amen. He said that people would be lovers of themselves. Lovers of pleasure instead of God They would be abusive, unforgiving And having a form of godliness But denying the power thereof There would be many false teachers That would lead people astray Just as Paul warned Timothy Christ warned his disciples as well He said that Lucifer would plant tears Among the wheat and yeast and the flour And he tells us this in Matthew Chapter 13, he said the church would be full of false believers and false doctrine. Now, because of this reality, many have become angry at God, bitter at the church, and some have even fallen away from their faith, their belief in Christ altogether. These are very important realities to be aware of in order to protect ourselves and to preserve ourselves. So how do we stand in these difficult times? Because although they were spoken about in the Bible, if you look at what's going on all around us, no matter where you may be listening uh, to me at in this world, there are some difficult times going on. Paul says to Timothy, you, however, or but you, depending on your translation, in verse 10, he makes it personal. So although we know that he's talking to Timothy, you can personalize that thing. God said in verse 10, you, however, he's talking to you directly, and he's calling you to continue in what you had learned. In his word And he called, he says that in uh, verse 14 He reminds Timothy That um, That he's to be different From those with an empty Religion He's reminding you He's reminding me That we are to be different From those with an empty religion uh, He is calling us To continue being faithful Even while others are going from bad to worse. He tells us that in verse 13. In this text, we will see four principles about standing firm in difficult times. Not only will do they apply to difficult seasons that we go through as the body of Christ in, in this world or as the body of Christ in this world, but ultimately just bad times or difficult times in our lives Period. Amen. So now he said, you, however, have followed my teachings. He was talking to Timothy. He said, you have followed my teachings, my way of life, my purpose, my faith, my patience, my love, my endurance, as well as the persecutions and sufferings that happened to me in Antioch. Echinium and Listeria. I endured these persecutions, and the Lord delivered me from them all. Those are verses 10 and 11. Now, after sharing with Timothy about the ungodly people and the false teachers that he would run into in the church through verses 1 through 9, Paul encourages Timothy with his example. He says, 
You, however, have followed my teaching, my way of life. It can be translated also as you know all about my teachings and way of life, as it is in the NIV. Though there were dark times and evil people in the church, Paul was faithful, and his faithfulness was meant to encourage Timothy. Hallelujah, God. Somebody out there today is going through dark times in their life, but God is calling you to be faithful because there is someone watching you in your walk, hallelujah, that your faithfulness is meant to encourage. Just like when Elijah was depressed and was no and no longer wanted to live and he cried out to God, I'm the only one left. And this was in 1 Kings uh, chapter 19. God had to remind him that he had preserved a remnant that would not bow down to Baal. And God has done the same for us today. Lucifer often tempts to make us feel like we're all alone, like the situation is hopeless, especially with what we're facing today. For the United States of America, we're in the midst of a pandemic. We're in the midst of a crazy election. We're under crazy leadership. But what I want you to understand is that you are not alone because God has faithfully preserved his saints even in this dark time. And we need to recognize that to stand firm. Hallelujah, God. First Peter chapter 5, verses 8 and 9 says, Be sober and alert. Your enemy, the devil, like a roaring lion, is on the prowl looking for someone to devour. Resist him, strong in your faith, because you know that your brothers and sisters throughout the world are enduring the same kinds of suffering. We should resist and stand firm against Lucifer's attacks because we have a family of believers around the world that are enduring suffering as well, and yet they are standing strong. Hallelujah, God. Though many in the church possess only a form of belief, but not the reality or but no reality show up of that belief in their life. 2 Timothy 3 and 5. There are many who follow God faithfully. So what he's saying is, although many have gone astray, they're converting to other religions. They're holding up Bibles upside down saying they love God, but nothing from their fruits, none of the fruits that fall from their tree shows the love of God. No matter how many looks like they've gone astray, we must remember that God has preserved his faithful few. Hallelujah, God. And in his, preser- in his uh, persevering of us, I'm sorry, not persevering, in his preserving of us, we are going to be able to stand in these terrible times. In Hebrews 12 and 1, the author says, similar to persecuted Hebrews, uh, to persecuted Christian Hebrews, let me say it that way. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witness, we must get rid of every weight and sin that clings so closely and run with endurance the race set out for us. 
the therefore points back to chapter 11 of Hebrews, where the author describes many heroes of faith. He talks about Abraham, Noah, Moses, David, and all the others. That the list truthfully is too long to list all of them. He essentially says that remembering these witnesses helps us get rid of sin and run with endurance the race before us. Endurance means to bear up under a heavy weight. So that means that when we feel like giving up during terrible times in the church or in the world, in our life in general, we must remember the godly examples that God has set for us. We must remember how God allowed Joseph to suffer betrayal from his family, slavery, and even imprisonment before God exalted him to second in command over Egypt. We must remember how God allowed Job to suffer various tragedies, but how God's ultimate purpose was to bless him, and he blessed him more abundantly than he did, uh, than he had before. Amen. We must remember how God allowed the three Hebrew children to actually get thrown into the fiery furnace, yet he delivered them. Hallelujah, God. We must remember how God allowed Daniel to get thrown into the lion's den, yet God delivered him, shut the lion's mouths, and Daniel used them as his pillow, so much so that the king declared that there was no God greater than Daniel's God. Hallelujah, God. We must remember that God is faithful to his people. We need to remember the faithfulness if we are going to persevere during hard times. Hebrew 12 and 1 explicitly reminds us of the importance of reading the accounts of the Old Testament. These are not just stories for children. They're not just bedtime stories. They're not fairy, t- uh, fairy tales. They are stories for us, for believers. They help us to get rid of sin and to persevere in difficult times. Hallelujah, God. So y'all know one of them things that must have to happen for you to be able to stand in a difficult time is you got to get into God's word. But I'm getting excited. I'm going to try to stay right here in, in where we at and not get ahead of myself. But it, it reminds us to look at the faithful around us. We have to remember that for some, we are the only Bible they will ever see. We must watch how we maintain ourselves doing integrity and and faith during hard times. And then we should have someone that we're able to watch, how they maintain their integrity and faith during hard times. Their examples will help us to stand like Timothy. We need to intimately know our faithful believers so we can draw strength one from another. Hallelujah, God. To stand firm in difficult times, we must follow the faithful. He said, you, however, have followed my teaching, my way of life, my purpose, my faith. And he listed all the things that... uh, 
Timothy had known about him, and Timothy knew these things about him because Timothy followed him intimately. They had a personal relationship. And understand, this intimacy I'm talking about is not a physical thing. It's a, it, it's a spiritual connection. Paul knew Timothy, and Timothy knew Paul, but more importantly, the Christ, the spirit of Christ in Timothy knew the spirit of Christ in Paul, and that's what made their union, their relationship, their friendship, their brothership in Christ so special. Not only must we remember the faithful to stand in difficult seasons, we must follow the uh, examples that they set before us. Kenneth West says the uh, word followed in verse 10 means to follow a person so closely that you are able, uh, that you, I'm sorry, that you are always by the person's side, that you are able to confirm and to uh, place your confidence in the life that that person is living in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. It was literally used of following a person as he goes. The the best example is following in that person's footsteps. Hallelujah. If you ever seen um in one a, a war show I was watching, probably World War Two or something, they they had these minefields, but there would be someone who was able to tell you where the mines were, and if they were leading you through, they would tell you step exactly where I step. Hallelujah, God. That's what we have to do to follow the faithful. As Timothy followed Paul, as Paul followed Christ, we must step where they stepped, hallelujah, God. And in doing so, it will enable us to stand. But he also told uh, Timothy to remember his teachings, hallelujah. It is also the teachers who imparted into Timothy's life that enabled him to stand. This is clear from verse 14 as he calls Timothy to continue in what he had learned because he knew who he learned it from. In other words, when you are able to follow someone, you know their life. You know if they're talking it or if they're walking it. You know if it's just mouth worship or if it's a life lived. Hallelujah, God. And when you know that it's a life lived, you can step in those footsteps. Hallelujah, as you are following Christ. Hallelujah. Somebody is saying right now, I hear you in my spiritual ear. Well, why would I follow another person? Why would I go out with somebody else when I can just follow Jesus Christ? What I need you to know is Jesus always sent his disciples out in twos. Because if it's two of you, if one of you fall, the other one can help you up. Hallelujah, God. If somebody gets sick, the other one can help you get better. If someone is attacked, the other one can help defend you. Hallelujah. God. He always choose. Hallelujah. Now, if we are going to stand in terrible times, we need to follow the godly examples of the faithful. In Philippians 3 and 17, Paul said, being imitators of me, brothers and sisters, and watch carefully those who are living this way, just as you 
have us as an example. He was telling them, watch what we do. Watch how we pray. Watch how we treat our enemies. Following in what Christ said. See, we so we this is where we make our mistakes at today. This is why we have difficult times, uh, 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 difficulty in standing during difficult times because we look at the talent and ignore the anointing. We get excited in the talent, so we run after the talent, and we don't matter to us if the talent is living according to God's word. We just get excited about the talent. Oh, they sing real well. They speak real well. They have big mega churches. They got their own jets. They live in the mansions, but are they living what they're teaching? Are they walking what they're talking. He said to him in 1 Corinthians 11 and 1, be imitators of me just as I also am of Christ. We must keep our eyes on godly people and imitate them if we are going to stand in difficult times. And again, often Lucifer uses the same technique of holding up an example, and he will make the example look as if it is of God when it is not, he seeks to corrupt the world and the church. But instead of godly example, he parades and promotes ungodly examples in the media, mainstream, and on this, uh, 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 what we would call black market. And you can see it if you look at those who get the most attention in our culture. It's usually ungodly uh, TV shows, ungodly actors, the ratchetiest uh, musicians. We jump on all the dirt we can on athletes. We run for anything that has no morality or conscience to it. We run after political leaders all the way to the White House who say they love the Lord who they never seen but hate their brothers and sisters who they see every day. It goes against the word of God, yet we'll say, We love them. They're the best thing for us, but their life goes against what God's word says. Or, as I said, teachers and preachers who focus more on money and prosperity but don't preach the saving word of Jesus Christ won't tell you that sin is sin because they're concerned that if they tell you that you're living in sin, you won't send in your tithe. So they'd rather you send in your tithe and die in sin versus you being saved from your sins, even if that means they have to miss a tithe or two. Hallelujah, God. I know somebody mad at that. Don't get mad at me. I'm just telling you what God's word is saying. They are paraded and promoted to affect the culture in negative manners, leading others into similar pathways. If we are going to stand in difficult times, we must walk closely with the faithful and follow their footsteps, as Timothy did Paul. Proverbs 13 and 20 says, the one who associates with the wise grows wise. We must allow them to invest in our lives through their examples, their experiences, and their teachings. And somebody, oh, well, they're not a preacher. They can't tell me nothing. It's not about the preaching. Their teachings is their testimony, what God has brought them through, what God has delivered them from, how God has brought them out. Hallelujah, God. I tell people all the time, I'm not going to argue with you about uh, God's word. I'm not going to argue with you about if if 
uh, Abraham lived or didn't live. I'm not going to argue with you about Noah. I'm not going to argue with you about Moses. I'm not even going to argue with you about Jesus. I'm going to give in on your argument. You are right. I'm not there. But how do I know that Jesus is the uh, true son of God? How do I know that he is the Messiah? How do I know that he came and he's coming back again? How do I know that he's the God man in the flesh? How do I know God's word is true? Because when I tried it for myself, he did exactly what he said he would do. Hallelujah, God. Now, if you want to know if you are uh, um, following the faithful or if you are one of the faithful that someone is following, here are some things that you need to look at. The faithful live transparent lives. Again, Paul said to Timothy, you, however, have followed my teaching and my way of life. He said, you know what I've been through. The implication is that Paul lived a life of transparency and invited others to watch. This wasn't because Paul was perfect. He wasn't. He said himself, the things that I wouldn't do, I do, and the things I would do, I don't do. Who can save me from this body of death. And that's sort of a paraphrase of Romans 7. He wasn't perfect. Paul was not perfect. The only one that was perfect is Jesus the Christ. He wasn't perfect, but he was pursuing perfection. And we need examples like that in our lives. One of the results of sin is the loss of transparency. When Adam and Eve sinned, the first response was to hide from one another and from God. They tried to cover themselves. However, the more we come to know Christ, the more we begin to live in the light and walk in the light with others. Hallelujah, God. The more we begin to know him, the more transparent we become, hallelujah, and we become transparent because we know that everything God has brought us through, he can do the same for you because he's not a prospector of persons, hallelujah, God. If we walk in the light as he himself is in the light, we have fellowship with one another in the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. That's First John one in seven. We are far from perfect, but we follow a perfect God who can use even our imperfections to encourage others who are similarly imperfect as we are. Hallelujah, God. While an ungodly example practices hypocrisy and puts on charades to appear holy, a godly example lives a transparent life. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. The faithful also teaches God's word. Paul points out that Timothy knew his teaching. Hallelujah. One of Paul's goals was to teach. His whole purpose was to teach the purpose of God. And you can see that in Acts 20 and 27. He didn't avoid difficult texts. He didn't soften his tone. He didn't change what God's word said so people didn't run away from him. He didn't try to accept stuff that God said could not be accepted. He he didn't water down God's word. He didn't worry about offending the church or the church culture. He came to preach the word of God in season, out of season, popular or unpopular. That's what he came to do. <clears throat> Paul soon warned Timothy 
of how many in the last days, instead of preaching the whole counsel of God, will itch people's ears trying to make them feel good. He tells them about that in 2 Timothy 4 and 3. We have to be careful that as if we are walking as the faithful, that we stick to the teaching of God's word, not the doctrine of your church, not the dogmas of your church, but the teaching of God's word. Hallelujah, God. Because God's word don't care how much you type. God's word don't care how much you gave in the offering basket. What God's word does care about is how much love you've shown one to another. Hallelujah, God. For he said you must show love, for he is love. How can you say that you love God, as you heard me say earlier, how can you say you love God whom you've never seen and hate your brothers and sisters who you see daily? But But here goes another point I want to bring to your memory. To the forefront, I'm sorry How can you say you love God Yet no love comes from you Mm. Hallelujah God If you really love God That means you're connected to the source of love And if you're connected to the source of love Then love is going to flow through you Love is going to flow through you Even for people you don't want to love Hallelujah God Hallelujah It's just like if you plug something Into an electrical socket in your house As long as that cord is not plugged in, you might have electricity in your house, but that item is not getting the source or that power from the electricity because it's not plugged in. When you plug into Christ Jesus, hallelujah, you plug into the source of love, so love begins to run through you. Hallelujah. The faithful Teaching doesn't only refer to public teaching, but also private teaching, private witnessing. The godly models challenge us with God's word when we're in sin. We don't like that, but that's what they do. The godly models will challenge you with God's word when we're in sin. Y'all have heard me say before that I am hot-tempered. Y'all want to know what gets on my nerves sometimes? I'm not going to lie because I always tell y'all God is still working with me on my temper. I'm a lot better than I was, but I'm not where I need to be yet. But every now and then I'll get riled up about something and my fiance will look over at me and be like, well, was that a God? Well, you know, you need to stop. Irks my soul when he does it. However, godly models challenge us with God's word When we're in sin They encourage us with God's word When we are down And they affirm us with God's word When we are doing the right thing We must find and follow these kinds of people And understand you're not going to find faithful people Just by what they say out their mouths It's not a talk It's a walk That probably should have been the topic for the night. Thank you, God. It's not a talk. It's a walk. If you want to be able to stand in difficult times, you have to remember that God did not bring you to that difficult time to leave you in it. He brought you to it to bring you through it. So don't talk in it, but walk through it. And walk in it following the example of the faithful that we first find in God's word. And then when God blesses you to see that example standing before you, 
then it's okay to follow it. And if you're going, oh, I don't, I can't find nobody. I can't, ain't nobody better than God's word. You got Adam, you got Noah, you got Abraham, you have Seth, you have Joshua, you have Joseph, you have Daniel, you have Samson, you have Deborah, you have uh, uh, Lydia, you have Timothy, Paul, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. There are trillions that we can follow in God's word. So I guess the question for you tonight is, are you studying God's word? Hallelujah, God. The faithful practice what they preach. And I'm not going to be long there because you just heard me say it. It's not a talk thing. It's a walk thing. The faithful focus on knowing God and pleasing him. Paul said to Timothy uh, that Timothy knew his purpose in verse 10. In Philippians 3 and 8, Paul said that he counted everything a loss to know Christ. That's a paraphrase. That's not exactly how it's stated, but that's a paraphrase of it. That was his primary goal in life, to know Christ. Even his ministry was driven by his unflinching goal of knowing Christ more and more each day and finding more and more ways to please him by completing the mission the Lord gave him. Hallelujah, God. Philippians three twelve and 14 says, not that I have already attained this. I'm going to say that again. Not that I have already attained this, that is, I have not already been perfected, but I strive to lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus also laid hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself to have attained this. Instead, I am single-minded, forgetting the things that are behind and reaching out for the things that are ahead. With this goal in mind, I strive toward the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. The faithful are not driven by money. The faithful are not driven by the applause of mankind, but only knowing and pleasing God. Hallelujah, God. They are only concerned with knowing and pleasing God. Now, here's my question to you. Is your goal to know Christ and please him, or is it to be known by man and please them? Hallelujah. I'm going to go one more thing with what the faithful uh, do, and then we're going to call and go into the call of salvation. It says the faithful bears the fruit. Of the spirit, hallelujah When Paul was talking to Timothy He named several fruits of the spirit That were prominent In his life Faith, patience, love and endurance um, Just to name a few These were divine characteristics That were born out of a Relationship with God Faith here refers to Faithfulness before God He was faithful to the task God has set before him It also refers to His faith in God And the growing trust that was Built um, with him In God because Of his relationship with God uh, Patience Focuses on how he responded To difficult people And in difficult situations He was patient and forbearing, hallelujah, God. Love here refers to the increasing love for God and love for others. 
it is amazing to consider that right after Paul's conversion, this love was radically demonstrated in his love for Christ and believers in Christ. But right before his uh, conversion, he was going around persecuting them and killing them. He went from killing them to loving them. Tell me how awesome my God is. You want to talk about a turnaround? Hallelujah. In somebody's life, you were seeking out believers in Christ, or I'm a, I like the way that God's word says it. You were seeking out people who were followers of the way. Hallelujah. God to kill them. And then you met Christ on your way and became a follower of the way. And those same people that you hated, you now love. Hallelujah, God. Won't God do it? And not only did he just do it for Paul, not what did he just do it. Uh, well, Timothy's situation is a little bit different. Timothy was born up, bred up, and raised up in that thing. But not only did he just do it for Paul, not only did he do it for the other 12 uh, disciples that followed him, but he's doing it for us today. He is turning around our situations. He is changing our lives. He is changing our mindset, offering us, oh, so, so much more, so much more that our great, our ladder can be greater than our past. Hallelujah, God, if you are willing to come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah, God which leads us into our call of salvation. Somebody out there listening this evening might be listening and, and they're saying, you know, I keep hearing, she keeps talking about this faithfulness. She keeps talking about this faithful following. She keeps talking about following uh, after Jesus Christ. Well, how do I do that? Well, the first start is you have to accept him into your life. You have to accept the gift that God gave to us. You know, if I came to your house and I had a package wrapped up, beautiful package wrapped up, and I gave you the package, if you toss it back down the steps, although I went and I purchased the package, I put thought in that package, I put love into that package, but you take it and cast it aside, that means you've rejected that which I've given to you. It's the same thing in um, salvation, although God has given us a gift. He's purchased this gift. He created this gift. He became this gift. And he's giving it to you today. The question is, will you accept the gift or will you reject the gift? Hallelujah, God. And it's not difficult to do. It's not difficult to accept. It's all about belief. What are you willing to put your trust in? What are you willing to believe in and on? You believe, some of you, that because you have a paycheck, you are set for life. Some of you put your faith in your home. Some of you put your faith in your family. Some of you put your faith even as much as in a chair. How many people touch the chair before they sit down, or do they normally just sit down? Most people just sit down. They trust that the person who created the chair to hold your weight 
that that chair is going to hold your weight. Hallelujah, God. Well, God created a chair to hold your weight, a spiritual chair to hold your weight, and we call him Jesus. The question is, are you going to trust that that chair will hold your weight and just sit down in him, on him, with him, and allow him to begin to make the difference in your life? If that person is you this evening, you can say this simple prayer with me. You just say, Father God, I come to you this evening accepting the gift that you gave, willing to sit down on the foundation that you laid. Hallelujah, God. I ask you to allow your son Jesus to come into my life, to give me of my sins, to cleanse me and begin to make me new. I surrender myself to you this evening, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. And if you said that prayer, the next thing you do is you let somebody know. For God's word tells us that if we believe it in our heart and confess it out our mouths, then you are saved. And I paraphrase it. But then you are saved. And that doesn't mean you have to wait for the church doors to open up. You don't have to wait for Sunday morning worship, Sabbath worship, Bible study, prayer service. He said as soon as you confess it out your mouth. So if there's somebody near you, you can turn around and say, hey, I accepted Jesus as my personal Savior. Or you can say, hey, I gave my life to Christ this evening. However you choose to say it, once you make that declaration out of your mouth and you believed it in your heart, According to God's word, you are saved, and we welcome you to the kingdom of God. Now, of course, we encourage you to find a Bible-believing, teaching, preaching sanctuary where you can grow in the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ and heal from the trials and the tribulations of this world. But until then, that is why God has Purpose Kingdom Network here for you. And we are going to bring Brother Robert on with some announcement. He's going to tell you how not only how you can follow us here at Purpose Kingdom, but also how you can listen in for our next night of ministry. Brother Rob? Uh, yes, I'm here, and uh, beautiful, beautiful study of life episode tonight. I really appreciate it. And uh, real quickly, I'll go ahead and do the announcements. This is a part of the Purpose Kingdom Network. I'd like to thank each and every one of you for joining us, no matter where in the world you're listening to us, whether you're listening to us via phone or you're online listening. We just thank you so much and appreciate your support and for telling everybody about Purpose Kingdom. If you want to contact us here at Purpose Kingdom Network, you can contact us at PurposeKingdomNet at gmail.com. We can send your comments, questions, concerns. You can simply say hello or send a prayer request. We uh, greatly appreciate that. Um, also, you know, we are on Facebook where you can just like our Facebook page, and from there you can see our upcoming shows and advertisements. We're also on Instagram and Twitter at Purpose underscore Kingdom. We're broadcasting www.blogtalkradio.com backslash Purpose Kingdom. And there on that website, you can uh, simply just go in there and to our archives, and you can listen to any of our past or previous shows. Just simply type in the host name or the show name. You can listen to that show at, in its entirety and at your convenience. And we greatly appreciate those that share with their friends and family members. Uh, tomorrow evening at the 8 p.m. hour, with God's will God's blessing, we will have a little talk with Jesus hosted by Trina Lindsay Harrison. And uh, please feel free to share and tell your friends. So tomorrow evening, we'll be broadcasting at the 8 p.m. hour, 
with Evangelist Trina Lindsay Harrison. And uh, we just thank you so much and hope you'll be able to join us uh, for tomorrow's episode. Uh, we also know that some of our listeners are experiencing trouble with our 319-527-6091 number when you call into the show. Uh, we do have options uh, where you can just go to Google Play or the Apple Store. You can download the TalkTone app uh, free of charge. And uh, after downloading that via Wi-Fi, you can call in and you can make free phone calls. And with that being said, that's going to be the end of the announcements, and I'm going to turn the programming back over to Pastor Tori. Amen, amen, amen. Thank you, Brother Rob, um, for those announcements. We bless and praise God. We pray that y'all will join um, in with us tomorrow evening. You do not want to miss prayer with Evangelist Trina Lindsay Hairston. When I tell you this prayer warrior of God knows how to go before the throne of God, if you have any prayer requests, please send them in so that she can cover your request in prayer. And we thank you um, in advance for joining in. We thank you for joining in with us this evening. And there's one more thing that I want to go over um, with standing uh, firm in difficult times. And that is that I need you to understand, as the faithful of God, you are going to be persecuted. You are going to to be persecuted. I'm going to say that one more time. You are going to be persecuted. When Paul was talking to Timothy, he mentioned the different uh, persecutions that the Lord delivered him from, but he listed three in particular, Antioch, Echinonum, and Listeria. Now, in Antioch, for those that don't know, Paul was literally thrown out of the city for preaching the gospel. Like, literally, yo, get that brother. He got to go. Thrown out of the city, and you can read about that in Acts chapter 13. In Echinium, Paul was almost executed by stoning. You can read about that in Acts chapter 14. In Listeria, Paul was actually stoned and left for dead but God miraculously healed him. You can read about that in Acts chapter um, 14 down around verse 19. What I need you to notice about all of this is that in these situations, God did not keep uh, Paul or spare Paul from the persecution. Instead, God gave him grace to endure them, and it's often the similar thing for us. There are many things that God keeps us from and bless God for it. If you look um, just at your life and you think about, man, I was so upset that I was running late today and I was late getting on the highway. Then I found out there was a five-car pileup. God kept you from that. You mad because you late and he keeping you from something. There are many things that God keeps us from. But I don't want you to think that because you are saved, you won't go through persecution. Yes, you will go through persecutions, but it's in your going through those persecutions that God will begin to show up and show out. Remember what I said. He allowed the three Hebrew boys to get thrown into a fiery furnace. It wasn't until they were actually in the flames of the fire that he showed up. And showed out. It wasn't until Daniel was actually in the lion's den that he showed up 
and showed out. It wasn't until Samson was totally blind and chained by his captives that he showed up and he showed out. It wasn't until Joseph went through betrayals, uh, jail, and slavery that God showed up and showed out. So I need you to understand that you are going to go through persecution. But what I and, and, and know this that Lucifer is sitting there setting up designs to attack us. And the reason he's not attacking you because God is sitting there going, No, you can't do that. No, not that one. Okay, you can do that that you can go after that one, but you can't do what you said. You can only go around this perimeter. Somebody said, Why would God allow us to go through that? Why would God allow us to 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 uh Lucifer to tempt us? Why would he uh, put limits on it instead of telling us just no? Well, the first thing is because God knows what you can bear and what we can't bear. And because he knows what we can bear and can't bear, he's not going to let Lucifer take you but so far. He also knows what trials and tribulations and persecutions we need to experience to know and glorify him more. Some of us don't call on the name of Jesus unless all hell is breaking loose around us. Some of us won't even acknowledge the existence of God until there's some type of craziness going on around us. But trials are part of the Lord's sanctifying process in our lives, and we must humbly accept them. I'm going to say that again. Somebody got mad. Trials are are a part of the Lord's sanctifying process in our lives, and we must humbly accept them. If you don't believe me, go read Romans 5, 3, and 4. I just don't have time to read it to you, but you can go and read it for yourself. I need you to know, again, that we are going to go through certain persecutions. Not only will there be persecutions from uh, without From outside of the church We're going to go through persecutions Within the church But we're also going to go through Spiritual warfares We have to remember that when Job went through What he went through It wasn't from the church It wasn't from outside the church It was actually a satanic attack a a, a, A demonic attack It Lucifer went and had a conversation And God set some perimeters in place and said, you can do this, this, and this, but don't touch my servant. You will be persecuted. Let us consider Paul's words again. All who want to live godly lives in Christ Jesus. I'm sorry, I read that wrong. All who want to live godly lives in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. He said that in verse 12. All who want to live godly lives in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. In short, John 3, chapter 3, verses 19 and 20 says, Now this is the basis for judging, that the light has come into the world and people loved the darkness rather than the light because their deeds were evil. For everyone who does evil deeds hates the light and does not come to the light so that their deeds will not be exposed. I like the way that McDonald explains it in in the um, commentary. He said the reason for this type of persecution is simple. A godly life exposes the wickedness of others. 
People do not like to be thus exposed. Instead of repenting of their ungodliness and turning to Christ, they will seek to destroy the one who has shown them up for what they really are. It is totally irrational behavior, of course, but that is the characteristic of fallen man. Then Calvin's commentary adds, they who wish to be exempt from persecution must necessarily renounce Christ. The only way you're going to be exempt from persecution is if you denounce Christ as your personal Savior. And I'm here to tell you, I wouldn't give him up for nothing in the world. Hallelujah, God. And just like Timothy needed to hear those words, we all need to hear those words. If we are going to stand in this evil age, we should expect to stand through persecution. It is coming, and it will not, not only will it come, but it's going to get worse before the return of Christ Jesus to this earth. It it always makes me laugh when I hear people say, oh, it's going to get better, it's going to get better, it's going to get better. The world's going to get better. Society's got to get better. I'm going to tell you this again. According to God's word, it's going to get worse. According to God's word, it's going to get worse. However, hallelujah, I love those but clauses and those however clauses that we find in God's word. Because however, although it's going to get worse for those around us who are not caught in the ark of safety of Christ Jesus, hallelujah, we might see a thousand fall all around us, but through Christ Jesus, hallelujah, God, we are still able to stand. Hallelujah. And finally, to stand in difficult times, as I started when I at the beginning when I was getting excited and had to slow down, we have to be able to stand and believe God's word. We must continue in God's word. Paul told Timothy to continue in what he had learned and become confident about because he knew who taught him. The word continue can also be translated as abide in. Timothy needed to make his home in God's scripture to stand firm. You need to make your home in God's scripture to stand firm through these evil times. Hallelujah, God. In his holy writing, you need to abide in it. How do you live in God's word? You just read it. You read it night and day. You read it over and over again. You read it like that song you like. You know that song you like that you play over and over and over again. You done played this so many times that now you can sing the song word for word, note for note. I didn't say you was hitting the notes, but you can sing the song word for word, notes for notes, or that picture that you done watched that you just love and love and love. For me, it would be any of the Godfather series. You done seen it so many times that as you're watching it, you can almost say word for word each line that the actors are getting ready to say. That's how you need to be in God's word so that you can know that you know that you know that you know that no matter what you find yourself going through, I didn't say it wasn't going to hurt. I didn't say it wasn't going to be painful. I didn't say it wouldn't sometimes be humiliating. What I am saying is that you will be able to stand the fiery darts 
of the enemy. And in doing all to stand, you can stand anyhow. Hallelujah, God. We thank you. We praise you. We bless your holy name. So again, what must we do? We must get into God's word. We must read God's word daily. And not only must we read his word daily, we must believe God's word. Paul told Timothy that he said to Timothy to continue in what he had become convinced of. Timothy became convinced of God's word. The problem with a lot of us today is many of us read God's word, but we don't believe God's word. We we read that God uh, that Jesus walked on water, but we don't really believe he walked on the water. He, we read that he raised uh, the dead. We read that he raised Lazarus. We read that he gave sight to the blind. We read that he gave healing to the deaf and that he straightened out withered arms and made the mute talk and uh, deaf hear and healed limbs so people can walk. We read it, but we don't believe it. And how do I know we don't believe it? Because if we believed it, we'd still be seeing a lot of those same miracles today. But today they are far and few in between. Why? Because we don't believe that the same God who did it then can do it today. Hallelujah, God. But I can stand firm on it because I saw my 100-year-old grandmother, well, she was 99 at the time, have a massive stroke on the left side of her brain. And the doctors say, get your family because she ain't going to be here past the next 24 to 48 hours, and we were able to celebrate her 100th birthday a month later after she was released from the hospital, still running around, still talking, still doing all the stuff that the doctor said she would never be able to do. I'm a living witness because we prayed over her, and in the name of Jesus, she got up off that bed. Not three days later, not four days later, not months later, but within the hour of her diagnosis, within the hour of them working on her, she jumped up out that bed. Hallelujah, God. I believe God's word because when I tried it with my mother, who they said, call your family, and it's now 10 years later, and she's still here with us to God, be the glory. I believe God's word because when I tried it, I take the high. Thank you, Lord. The scripture says, taste and see that the Lord is good. Well, when I tasted him, I saw how good he was. We have to believe it. We have to read it daily. And then we can't just stop at believing and reading. We must meditate on it throughout the day. We must memorize it so we can recall it when we're going through those difficult times, when we're being tempted or discouraged, as he tells us to in Psalms uh, 119 and 11, we must obey it even when we don't feel like it, as he tells us to in John 14 and 15, we must teach it so we can better hide it in our hearts and also protect others as he instructed us to in Matthew 18 and Matthew 28 verses 19 and 20. Hallelujah, God. So in conclusion, how can we stand firm in difficult times? especially in the times of what we are going through today. We must remember the faithful. We must follow 
the faithful. We must expect persecution, and we must continue in God's word. Father God, we thank you for the word that has come forth this evening. We pray that it has fallen on good ground, that it takes root and becomes good fruit-bearing trees in the lives of believers. Lord, we thank you for the souls that were saved this evening by faith in the name of Jesus God. Father, we encourage you to strengthen up your people as we go through living through this time, this biblical uh, prophesied time in history, this last stage of the church, Father, we thank you, we praise you, we glorify you as you strengthen us, as we submit ourselves to your will and your way. We claim the victory over Lucifer, and we say amen, amen, amen. Thank you for joining in with us. I pray God's word was a blessing to you. Good night. And be blessed. Jesus led. He raised me, I will not lose. He saved me, I will not lose. Set me free, I will not lose. Never wanna see me down, I will not lose. He saved me, I 